This podcast contains themes that some listeners may find upsetting. Listener discretion is advised. This is Anthems. Hello, friends from around the world. I am Judy Shepard, a cisgendered, straight, white woman from Casper, Wyoming, in the United States. I am the co-founder and president of a nonprofit organization charged with empowering individuals to find their voice to create change and challenge communities to identify and address hate that lives within our schools, neighborhoods, and homes. And I am the mother of Matthew Shepard. Your word of the day is ally. On October 7th, in 1998, my son Matt, a 21-year-old college student at the University of Wyoming, was brutally attacked, tied to a fence, and left to die in a field outside of Laramie, Wyoming. He was tied to that fence for 18 hours before he was found. Five days later, he succumbed to his injuries at a hospital in Colorado. In the aftermath of what would be described as the most notorious anti-gay hate crime in American history, my husband Dennis and I started the Matthew Shepard Foundation to honor Matt's life, his aspirations, and his passion to foster a more caring and just world. Twenty-two years later, unfortunately, we are still combating the same hate and violence against the LGBTQ community that sparked the Foundation's formation. Our work to amplify Matt's story and change hearts and minds is both encouraging and relentless. And yet we are inspired to continue until safety, visibility, and inclusiveness for the entire LGBTQ community is realized. So does that work make me an ally of the LGBTQ community? I've been at this long enough to know that being an ally is not an identity that one gets to just claim. In the past 22 years, I've used my privilege to give access to or to be a voice for those who have been silenced. That my uniquely painful experience has afforded me the opportunity to connect with people from all walks of life with differing perspectives and that my story helps them to understand and appreciate the beauty and diversity of the LGBTQ community. In order to define what allyship is, it is important to identify what it is not. The purpose of allyship is to achieve equity and inclusion. It is not to self-congratulate, promote, or validate one's own virtue. It is not about making yourself look good or feel good, and it certainly isn't an effort to save anyone or any group. Allyship is not comfortable. It is not fun. It is not easy, but it is so very necessary. I emphasize the fact that true allyship is not easy. It takes commitment to challenge the status quo, often to the point of risking your own physical, mental, and social well-being in the process. It also takes humility to be willing to represent the voice of others while knowing when to simply shut up and listen and learn and then listen some more. It takes strength to not only work in solidarity with those in marginalized communities, but to also share the burden of allying against all forms of oppression. It is not easy, and it shouldn't be. We also need to be mindful that no one is one thing. I am not just a woman. I am a white woman, a mother, and a wife, a teacher, and an American. No single one of these defines me. 
I think by default, being an ally to the LGBTQ community requires us to be an ally to all the marginalized communities. I've given hundreds of presentations in many different situations since 1998, each time reliving the worst days of my life and the darkest pain a mother can ever feel. But it's necessary because we know that Matt's story, Matt's legacy, lives on in the thousands of people who are committed to actively fighting to replace hate with understanding, compassion, and acceptance. The work continues. At this point, having good intentions just isn't good enough. We are literally working to dismantle institutional structures, eliminate discriminatory policies, and undo long-agreed-upon social stigmas. Patting yourself on the back because you have one gay friend at work isn't enough. Ignoring the intersectionality between gender identity, sexual orientation, and race and ethnicity is no longer enough. Being complicit in the marginalization of others will no longer suffice. But the fact is, no one is perfect. And as an ally, you must accept that you will get it wrong sometimes, but we must be willing to learn from our mistakes. I promise you, I am still learning. Twenty plus years ago, we were attempting to get folks to tolerate differences. Then we moved into the idea of acceptance, thinking that was progress. And in the most basic way, I think it was. But as my friend John Amici reminds us, acceptance still requires permission. It still gives someone the power to decide if we are worthy. That isn't what we need. We need to give everyone the respect they deserve as human beings. One of my greatest concerns is that people are intimidated by the requirements of allyship and may think they don't have what it takes to be an ally. This can't be true. We can practice allyship without knowing all the answers. And although allyship is only one piece of the puzzle, it is critical to reaching the equity, fairness, and justice, which so many have yet to experience. There is still so much to be done. So whether you want to call me an advocate, an activist, or an ally, the point is, I'm committed to sharing Matt's story to help prevent others from experiencing similar tragedies. I'm committed to standing with the LGBTQ community and continuing the activism that I'm confident Matt would be doing if he were still here. I'm committed to erasing hate in all its forms. Ally definition. One who demonstrates an active and consistent practice of using power and privilege to achieve equity and inclusion while holding themselves accountable to marginalized people's needs. If you've been affected by the themes in this podcast, head to the episode description for a list of resources and helplines. Thank you.